going to talk about the, I entitled it the new life. The new life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the resurrection points to new life, does it not? You should be on the next slide. The resurrection points to new life. Why do you think you had Easter eggs? It points to new... That's the whole reason Easter eggs are made. Some people like to say, oh, those Easter eggs, blah, 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 blah. I get so tired of that. When the Jews celebrate Passover, they roast an egg. That they do. So Easter eggs have been along, around for a long time in the worship of God. Because they point to the newness of life. We gotta start acting like we have a new life in Christ Jesus. Well, I've been saved for twenty thousand years, and um, you know what? Start thanking Him for your salvation, and maybe you start acting like you've got a new life. Think about it. You could be unsaved this morning. Think about it. You could be destined for hell this morning. Think about it. Jesus died for you so that you can rise as well. What do you think the rapture is? It's resurrection. The dead in Christ rise first, comes up to where we are, and we all go together, and as we're swooping through the air, all of us who haven't died will receive a resurrected body. Jesus is the first fruit of our resurrection. It does it not say that in the Bible? And he says right here that if anyone, I mean, if we are new creation, once we are in Christ, listen, once we got saved, we became, let's look at that verse again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So then why not live like it? Oh, my word. Some of us are so caught up in the culture of this world that we don't act like Christians. Hello? We're so caught up in it. I want you to take stock. Now think about some of the things that you do now. That, for you older folks, how many are doing things that you would have never done as a teen when you used to attend church as a teen? Think about it. How many of you are caught up in the culture today and you would have never have dreamt of doing what you've done, what you're doing now, because it would have been frowned upon? How many of you remember the days before we would leave church on Sunday nights in this church that all the teenagers, before they could go to the ice cream parlor or the candy store, had to tarry at the altar and it wasn't up to you to decide how long you tarried? Brother Hooper told me that that was one of the biggest blessings. He learned how to pray at the altar. 
And he is one, if you ever need somebody to pray, you call up Gary Hoper and he will pray. If you ask him to pray every hour on the hour, you know what, he's going to pray every hour. I told our bishop when he came here, I said, if you need a prayer partner in our region, you call Gary Hooper. Because not only will he pray, but he'll keep it confidential. The work was done at the cross so we could become a new creation. Do you understand what that means? Oh, we've heard it so many times, Pastor. That's the problem. We've heard it so many times, but have we comprehended it? You know, you no longer are that old man, that old woman. Put it as, put that old you aside. My word, some of you are sleeping giants of faith because you haven't realized that the old you is dead and you're dragging around an old corpse. Let go of that thing. When you were water baptized, you buried that old you in, in baptism and you rose to newness of life. Start living like it. Oh my word, start living like you got some faith. Start living like you have victory. Start living like you have uh, um, your prayers answered. Start living like God can do anything for you. And by the way, when are you going to realize that where two of you get together or more and you agree anything on here on earth in prayer in Jesus' name, it will be done. If it's not going, otherwise that's what Jesus said and he don't lie. But some of us act like, oh, I'm going through all this and I don't know what to do. <laughs> Grab somebody and pray. Come on. Some of you need that. My word, some of you have been facing some rotten stuff lately. We're not going to go lame it because there's too many rotten stuff going on. But some of you have been rotten stuff. Aren't you glad you got people praying for you? Aren't you glad that people are agreeing with you in prayer? Oh, my word. It was fun. Um, Brooke came by for prayer meeting on Wednesday, didn't even know we were having foot washing, and she got, prayed. She got to pray with somebody in foot washing. Her and Judy got together, and they're just praying for each other. Hallelujah. You know, foot washing is the most humble thing you can do. It's one of our ordinances of the church. We at least do it once a year. We always do it at prayer meeting on the Thursday before Good Friday. What a blessing. And you see, the, the great thing about foot washing, you've got to focus on the other person. And, and, and so when you're talking about coming in agreement in prayer, holy moly, oh, glory to God. You can really focus on that need together and agree in prayer. Jason and I still are, I can't get over that we took longer than the women did. Look all those women! It's always, men are always outnumbered in church. You ever notice that? All those, I wish Jeremy had come. He would never got his migraine on Friday. We could have prayed all over him. You know? In foot washing. You think, where is Father? Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. 
That's what he told Peter. Oh, Lord, uh, you should be, we should be. Uh, oh, Jesus said, he girded himself and he washed. He says, then, Lord, wash all of me. And Jesus shook his head. I, you, you know, sometimes you just got to picture Jesus with Peter. You know, loving the guy, having patience with the guy, very long-suffering with Peter. He knew the man that he was going to grow into. And I can just picture him just shaking his head. John's over here, leaning, standing against the wall, just chuckling. There goes Peter again. My cousin is something else. He never knows when to quit. You know... And did you ever notice that it's always John saying in the book of John, and the disciple whom Jesus, he loved to brag. I was the disciple whom Jesus loved. Oh, man, I was it. I was the guy he loved. I mean, at the Last Supper, I'm leaning against his breast. The only one who didn't die a martyr. John got to die of old age. All the rest of the apostles died martyrs. My word, Peter was hung on a cross with his wife next to him. That's why I don't understand why they say the Pope can't get married. We won't go there. Thomas went to India and was used as a dartboard. Oh. Every one of them, James the Apostle, not Jesus' brother, James the Apostle, he had his head chopped off. He was the first apostle to be martyred. James, Jesus' brother, was thrown off of the wall of the temple. Thrown! And yet, out of all of them, he was known as the man of prayer. Of course, you know, if you grew up with Jesus, you probably have a really good prayer life, too. <laughs> Can you imagine the fair life that boy had? I mean, he walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. He probably drove Jesus up the wall because, you know, younger brothers. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus, we are new creation. So we need to live by faith. Now, I, I want to talk about something because of the, the scripture that we read earlier. We need to walk by faith. We do not allow fear to control us. Amen. And we're going to see why. We don't let fear control us. So, uh, some of you are going through some stuff. That boy, you could be real fearful. you got a loved one who's sick. You could be fearful. You've got kids who are not listening. You could be fearful. My word, I got a prodigal. I could be fearful that that prodigal will never get straight. No, I can't. I got to live by faith. Some of you, your marriage might be going through some struggles. And you have no idea what's going to come. You can't live in fear. Know that God is still in control. And no matter what, He loves you. Just remember that Jesus loves you. And God the Father sent the Holy Spirit to help you through the time you are going through. Lean on Him no matter what. And if your worst case scenario comes to pass, know He has not given up on you and He still loves you and He's still going to get you through. Can you say amen? amen. Hmm. 
By the way, fear and unbelief, fear breeds unbelief. Fear and unbelief are our enemies. Because the, if, you read the, if you paid attention to the scripture we read earlier about the resurrection, we saw a lot of fear, we saw unbelief. So we need to stand up. We need to speak up and proclaim the new life in Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word this morning. And I thank you for your anointing. And I thank you, Lord, that, you're gonna, that you will get through all the clutter that's here this morning. Lord, for everything that I mentioned this morning, I pray that you would touch your dear children, myself included, Lord. Build up our faith. Reassure our hearts by the Holy Spirit that everything is in your control. You will never, never leave us. You will never, never forsake us. In other words, you never, never give up on us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the victory that is found in Jesus. Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over the families of our church here right now, Lord. And I believe with my brothers and sisters to the answer for their prayers right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, no matter what happens, Lord, I know and I know for sure that you still will love us no matter what. We thank you for this and I thank you for your anointing here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you anoint our ears to hear from you and that you would anoint our minds and renew them, Lord. And Lord, you would anoint our hearts to receive your word. <clears throat> and then, Lord, you would anoint our mouths to share this awesome gospel with others. Thank you, Lord, that you do all this by your Holy Spirit. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's delve into Mark 16 real quick here. Mark 16, 1 through 4 says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. I want you to notice something. It says Mary the mother of James, not Mary the mother of Jesus. Nowhere did she ever want to get lifted up. So she was known here in Mark, Mary, the mother of James. That's Jesus' brother, James. Can you say amen? amen? Very early in the morning. And I, and I want you to know, know something. They brought, they, that they might come and anoint him. It's too late. He was already anointed. Do you not, do you not remember the story? Jesus goes over to the, to the teacher, the Pharisee's house, and the guy didn't even wash his feet. Remember that? Didn't he offer him any water to wash his feet to show him that he was an honored guest at his house? And Jesus is sitting at the table, and they're having a good time visiting with Jesus. And then that woman comes in. You know that woman that Judas was all upset at? Because uh, he wanted to take those expensive perfume, sell it, and use it for the poor. Right. We know from other testimonies in the gospel that Judas was stealing the money out of the... I mean, he was church clerk and he was embezzling from the church, right? Of course, Jesus knew it. He knew what kind of guy he was. And Jesus loved him anyway. 
At the Last Supper, Jesus had Judas sit in the place of honor. He allowed him to dip in the same cup with him uh, 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 his bread, which was a place of honor. He was trying to get Judas not to, to repent and not follow, th- to, to say, let somebody else betray you. I'm not going to do it. But of course, Jesus knew what the scripture says, that one of, his, one of his men would betray him. He knew that scripture had already been fulfilled. I mean, it already had been spoken. So it was good as being fulfilled. And it was fulfilled by Judas. And he did it with a kiss. Can you imagine? But the anointing was already done because she came and she wept with tears at his feet and she dried his feet with her hair and then poured out. And we love that song, broken and spilled out and poured the expensive perfume. And Jesus says, this was done for my anointing for my burial. So it was already done. Because by the time the women would come to the tomb, he weren't going to be there. But very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said amongst themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? You see, this is why we need to have faith. Because sometimes we think something is sealed before us. And who's going to do this for us? We need to say, Jesus! Jesus will take care of it. Jesus will meet my need. He will provide, and he does here. But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. God made provision for them. Who's going to roll away the... You know what? They sealed that stone. Pilate had it sealed. They put rope all the way around it, like you cinch a log cabin. And then they poured wax over that rope, which then sealed the stone to the tomb. So who's going to break the seal? The guards had already ran away. Ah, Jesus is alive. We're running away. Can you picture that? I mean, at first they fall down as dead men. Then they get up and find the tomb is empty. And they go, ah, They get back over to the Sanhedrin. Um, um, you know that Jesus you got had us garden? Um, he ain't there anymore. He's alive. And then the Sanhedrin bribed them. And being stupid guys, instead of saying, oh, we're going to believe, though, they took the bribe and left and spread the story all around that somebody stole Jesus' body. <laughs> but Jesus was seen by 500 people. And even Josephus writes that Jesus was the Christ. When Josephus wrote that as he is the Christ, it meant he was writing Jesus is the Messiah because that's what Christ means, Messiah. The anointed one. The good news. Not only does God give us provision, but he gives us good news. He is risen just like he said. And verse 5, And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. No, they didn't have alarms going, No, they were alarmed like, Ah! 
I don't know if you met an angel all shiny and bright sitting where Jesus was. I think you would have gone, ah! <laughs> you didn't expect to see somebody sitting up in a tomb. And this angel probably had a chuckle to himself a little bit. But he said to them, come on, don't get your imaginations working when you're reading the scripture. Start picturing it. <laughs> but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. That's our hope. That's our excitement. This is why today is better than Christmas. Anybody can be born. <laughs> not many have ever been raised from the dead. <sighs> And there's a difference between Jesus' resurrection and all the other resurrections. Hmm. Elisha, Elijah prayed over the dead bodies and they came alive. Jesus stood at the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth! The little girl who was, everybody was said was dead. Jesus said, she ain't dead, she's just sleeping. You guys don't know anything. Rise up, little one. Nobody did that with Jesus. Jesus' own testimony says, the Father loves me because I lay down my life and I take it up again. And I freely do that. Read John chapter 10. He loves us so much that he was willing to go to the cross and die for us. But he knew he was going to have victory. He already won your battle on the cross. That was a war. That wasn't just somebody going to a cross and dying. No, he went and fought a spiritual war against all the princes and principalities. Do you not understand that? And then he went down to hell and he kicked old Slewfoot in the head, took the keys away from him that Adam gave away. They're mine. And you're defeated. And he goes over to paradise where Abraham and everybody else who was saved was hanging out and said, here I am! And boy, I'll tell you what, they had a worship service you cannot believe. And Jesus says, guess what? You're not staying here anymore. You're going with me. I'm taking you to the Father. And Abraham goes, oh, finally I get to see my friend. Moses is going, Oh, to see his face. David, oh, to finally meet my heartbeat. Adam, to finally see my son who is going to wipe out, who came to wipe out my mistake. And he took them 
to glory. And because of Jesus Christ, when we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We get to go to heaven. Oh, I should hear more amens than that. Oh, glory to God. We have hope. We have hope. Because He is risen, just like He said. So in verse 16, He tells them to go tell His disciples and Peter. I want you to, we're going to read this verse in a second here, but I want you to see God's grace in action. God can't forgive me. God can't. I, I, I messed up too much. How can he love me like you're saying, Pastor? Listen to this. Go tell his disciples, the angel says, and Peter. Hello? Go tell his disciples and Peter. What did Peter do three days before? He denied him. How many times? Three times. And what did he do on the third time? He cursed and I'm not saying he used the F word. He cursed. Let me be cursed if I, if I really know this guy. That's the kind of curse he's talking about. Everybody thinks that when he's cursed, he's using bad language. No, no, no. He's like, let me be cursed. Because that's how the Greek reads. But God's grace in action here. Did you see that? Go tell his disciples and Peter. What did Peter do after he heard the cock crow three times? The third time? He ran out, right? And he wept bitterly. What do you think he was doing? Bragging that he cursed God and, and, and denied him? No, he was repenting. How could I do this to my friend? How could I deny him? His, I forgot, he told me I was going to do this and I said I wasn't going to do it and I did it anyway. And he just wept bitterly. He had a different response than Judas, didn't he? What did Judas do? He went out and hung himself. Coward. Right? He could have repented, couldn't he have? If he had repented, Jesus would have forgave him. There's only one unpardonable sin. We're not going to talk about it today. All other sins can be forgiven. Judas could have been forgiven, but no, he chose to go out and hang himself and fulfill Scripture. And so the angel says, go tell his disciples and Peter. We miss that most of the time. You see how much he loved them? That's how much he loves you. It doesn't matter how much you messed up. You could have got bitter. You could have gotten callous. You could have got hard. But that never stopped him from loving you. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? He would be saying this too. Go tell his disciples and Jason. Go tell his disciples and Jason. Go tell his disciples and Judy. Go tell his disciples and Corey. Come on. That's how much he loves us. You see, this is why we need to understand that we are new creation. That we're not the, that old person. And when we mess up, He loves us anyway. And He's ready to forgive us because of His grace and His mercy. And His mercy is new 
every morning. You know the truth is, when we talk about sins, he wants to forgive you all your sins. Do you know that sin in the scripture is actually singular? When God thinks about our sin, it's singular. He throws it all together in one pile and he just sees it as sin. But his mercies, plural, are new every Aren't we glad? Aren't we glad that his mercies are new every morning? Great. We sing, great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. And the angel says, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. Remember, he did that. He went to Galilee. They were out fishing, right? My word, Peter in action again. Guys, let's go. <laughs> he says, let's go to Galilee. And guess what? We're going to turn it into a fishing trip. Sounds just like men, doesn't it? <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's go to Galilee. We'll turn it into a fishing trip while we're waiting for Jesus. Jesus gets there, just like one of the first times he saw all the guys together out on a boat fishing, right? Jesus looks at him, have you caught anything? He's got a fire going. He's already making breakfast. I mean, Jesus provides. He's already making breakfast. Have you caught anything? Peter shouts back, not a blessed thing. He's a guy, you know. He says, um, Peter, throw your nets on the other side. All right, not even thinking about through the net on the other side. All of a sudden, they caught so much fish. They're pulling it all in. The boat starts acting like it wants to sink because it's so heavy with fish. Peter all of a sudden realizes there's only one person who can do that. It has to be the master. And Peter, I love this. He's got his coat off, right? He's out there fishing. It says... He put his coat back on. He got so excited, put his coat back on, and he jumped into the water. Usually you do it in reverse. You throw the coat off and jump in. No, he puts his coat on, jumps, swims to the shore. And the other guy's going, hey, let's just row. <laughs> they come to shore. Jesus has already got the meal made. Hey, guys, come, let's have some breakfast together. Wow, Jesus, you're awesome. <laughs> And you know, he doesn't chide him for being out fishing. You know, because that's what guys do. Let's get back to those ladies. So they went quickly. But I want you to notice that when we read this scripture, but they kept fear. They let fear keep them from saying anything. Let's look at verse 8. So they went out they went out quickly out of the tomb and fled from the tomb. For they trembled and were amazed. And they said nothing to anyone. Why? For they were afraid. You know what this tells me? The only reason we don't share the gospel with people is because we let fear get in the way. We can make up a hundred different excuses why we can't hand somebody a card and say, come visit my church. But the only thing that really gets in the way is our fear. I'm telling you something. I'm going to say something really radically now. You see, we need to let Jesus radically save us radically change us. I'm going to say something radical here. You do not need to have a divine appointment to share the gospel with somebody. 
Why? Because Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, there are divine appointments. But in order just to go up and walk up to somebody and invite them to church does not need to have a divine appointment. It just needs our obedience. Now, that's radical to some of us. But it's the truth. They were told to go tell his disciples, but they let fear get in their way. They had the news everyone needed to hear. Creation had been waiting for this day since the fall. And let me tell you something, Christians cannot be silent. Mary Magdalene, she tarried. We don't tarry that much anymore. By where we get down on our knees to pray and we, we, we start getting nervous because we think that an hour's gone past and it's only been a minute. <laughs> Come on. I, I know some of you can pray longer than that, but it just seems that way. Did you pray this morning? Did you know that God called us to praying this morning during the worship time while we were singing? Did you know that God called us to praying, but I was supposed to get up and tell us to pray? We were just supposed to do it before we sang the last song. And I'm not talking about everybody ought to know, because we all prayed together over the offering. I'm talking about the song before that, that new song. God was calling us to pray, because worship is prayer. But he wanted you to recognize it for yourselves. And start praying to him and start thanking him for his, his resurrection, for his dying on the cross for you, for how he's going to help you overcome your circumstances, how he's going to bring the answer to your prayers. We need to start getting sensitive to the Holy Ghost and let him touch us. But she tarried. Verse 9. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Wow. She had something to be grateful for, didn't she? So she went. So she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive, had been seen by her, they did not believe. Uh Uh-oh. Here's that unbelief. But I want you to notice something. She was rewarded when she saw Jesus. And because she was rewarded, because she tarried, she didn't go away in fear. She tarried. Yes, she was mourning. Yes, she was crying. Yes, we know she didn't recognize him at first. But when she realized it was Jesus, he said, stop clinging to me. I haven't been to the Father yet. She became an evangelist. She had to tell the disciples that Jesus was alive. Let me tell you something. You know that Jesus is alive. He's proven that he's alive. How do I know he lives? He lives within my heart. We usually sing that song every Easter. We didn't go that way. Jason forgot to sing Arise, Arise, because he had it all. If you looked at the title of each song, it would have spelled Arise if he had sung that song. No, the little kids sung it for us. (laughs) So it was all there, not in the right order. (laughs) 
We should have had them sing first, and then it would have been in the right order, and you would have got it. But weren't they, weren't they blessed songs? Did not God touch us through those songs this morning to get us ready to receive from Him? But the phrase, they did not believe. You're getting the most fantastic news. Jesus is alive. And they did not believe. You know what? I really believe that some of us as Christians haven't realized that we are new, a new creature and we're dragging around that corpse that used to be us and it, we, don't, we, don't share the, we don't share with others about Jesus because we still have some unbelief. Did he not love his disciples anyway and come to them? I don't want to get ahead. Okay? Unbelief is the enemy like fear. It keeps us from achieving great things. It will cause our hearts to become hard. I want you to notice that in Mark 16, 12, and 13, Jesus appears to two men walking on the road to Emmaus. After that, he appeared to another, in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told the rest, but they did not believe them either. The reason why we know that this is the guys who were walking on the road where they were going is because one of the other Gospels tells us where they were going. Jesus is dead. We might as well go home. So they took off on the road to Emmaus. <clears throat> it was Bob and Bing. Yep. Bob and Bing. <laughs> We're off to on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus had a different story for them. He met them on the road, and before the day was over with, they're running back to Jerusalem. No, we're not. We're, on. we're going back to Jerusalem to tell the rest. And they did not believe. So that they did not believe them either. We need to live by faith. This day was, be, was supposed to be the disciples' happiest day. But they wouldn't listen to and accept the good news. Instead, they remained in their mourning. They forgot, to, they forgot what Jesus told them. Let the dead bury the dead. And they stayed in their mourning instead of believing the report of the good news that Jesus was alive. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive, and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive, he's alive. <clears throat> Come on. I told Corey, we've been getting lazy lately. We should have got all these melodies of these great songs from back in the day that Andre Crouch sang, and we could have done a whole big mm, boom. God's grace is, of, is awesome. Jesus appears. Mark 16, 14. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. That's his grace. He appears anyway even though they haven't been believing. Ah, she don't know what she's talking about. It was, she's just a woman. Oh my word. Let me tell you something. God has never put women down. He's always lifted them up. 
woman at the well. Mary Magdalene, she's the first evangelist after the resurrection. Unfortunately, it's always been the men who've put the women down. We need to be like Jesus. How many churches have been built because of the women of the church? You know that women outgive men in giving? If it wasn't for the women of the church, most churches wouldn't be open today. Later he appeared to the eleven and they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief. Jesus wasn't afraid to straighten them out. You know, we got that problem today. You point out what this Bible says to somebody and they don't like it. <laughs> the word says this. See that? This is what God says. And they get all upset. And they get all upset. Oprah, don't use that Bible on me. Well, somebody needs to. And he rebuked their unbelief. But he did, it in a, he did it because he loved them. He did it because... That's why he rebukes our unbelief. That's why he brings conviction to us. But instead of us running to the cross today, we got people who are running the other way. Instead of seeing the conviction from the Holy Ghost as something good and healthy and healing, we run the other way and then we wonder why we're still in the mess we are. Instead of running to the cross and kneeling after taking a knee and saying, yes, Lord, <coughs> have your way in me and I will be obedient to you. I believe. I believe. Not only did he rebuke their unbelief, but I want you to notice what unbelief brings. Fear will bring unbelief, and unbelief will bring this. And hardness of hearts. Hardness of heart. That's what causes hardness of heart. Is our unbelief that God can fix it. Not understanding and living the scriptures will cause us hearts to go hard. And so he rebukes the hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And then Jesus gives the command. Usually we read verse 14 and 15 separate from the whole resurrection story, but it actually is all one one story, it all goes together. That's why it's here again. You're going, oh no, he's going to get on us about preaching the good news. No, Jesus is. He's the one who commanded us. He's the one who told us. He's the one who says, go and do something. And he said to them, go into the wor all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are to share the good news about Jesus. We are supposed to be living our faith. And by faith, we do it. My word, is anybody here smart enough to be actually able to convince somebody to get saved? I don't care if you got, you're the best salesman in the world and you can sell ice to Eskimos. Eskimos. 
Oh, hey, Hal, I see you're building a new igloo. I got some ice for you. It's better than ice you've been using over here. I got my ice from over there. And my ice over there is better than the ice over here. I'll sell it to you for 20 bucks a block. <laughs> Can I write you down for the order? <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're wanting to have a three-story igloo here? Oh, I know exactly how many blocks of ice. Oh, boy, I got a winner here. <laughs> I don't care if... You're such a good saleswoman that you could sell water to a drowning man. Oh, it looks like you're thirsty there. Instead of helping him in the boat, vroom, vroom, vroom. Hey, I see that you're thirsty. I got this great pure water here. Boy, it's bottled right in New York from the tap. But it's good water here. It's called Mountain Springs. And I think you, it looks like if you, get, if you have a good drink of water, you're going to be just fine. Two... <laughs> Here, I'll take some of that. Five bucks a bottle. Okay. Boy, this is good bubbly water. Three. Or do you drink buble? <laughs> no, we do it by faith knowing that the Holy Spirit will do the work. It's the Holy Spirit who does the work of salvation. Can you say amen? All we need to do is go and tell. I'm always amazed when I think I've preached my worst. I'll have everybody in the church tell me I preached my best. And then I have to turn around and say, thank you, Holy Spirit, because you know what a mess that was. And you, by the time it got into their ears and to their hearts, you have fixed it, and it really blessed them. And I still go, what in the world was that? <laughs> you don't understand. I, I critique myself every time I preach. Something that I learned in school, that you critique yourself. If I critique myself, it's better than have my wife critique me. Well, not this wife. She's awesome. Anyway, I knew about the preacher that he was up in the attic cleaning the attic for his wife one day, and he found, a, he found an old cigar box. Most of you don't know what that is. It's just a, it's a box that we used to keep our crayons in when we were kids. And so, um, a cigar box. And he opened it up going, what's this cigar box? Nobody in our house smokes, but she just got the box. And in it was money. And he went, what in the world? This is a lot of money. And he went and confronted his wife. What is this? I just found this. Oh, you found it. I forgot it was up there. Well, what is all this money for? Well, honey, I, I'm really afraid to tell you. He says, uh, what? Well... I decided a long time ago that I would put a dollar in for every sermon that you didn't preach well. Oh. <laughs> and it was a big wad of money, you know. <sighs> he says, couldn't you have gone ahead and put in a dollar for every time I preached really good? She says, well, it, wouldn't have been, it would have been empty. <laughs> she was mean. Mean wife. No, that's not my wife. <laughs> I know some of you have heard that joke so many times from the other preachers in the past that, I mean, that's back from, that's a 70s joke. 
70s, 80s, 90s joke. Some of you have heard that one so much it doesn't make you laugh anymore. You just go, come on, I already know where you're going. Get to the punchline. Be done with it. Okay. I'm just doing it for our people on the podcast who never heard it before. By the way, those who are listening by podcast, we have a gift for you. Um, we have a movie about Jesus that we would love to give you. It's about his life from the book of Luke, and we would love to give it to you. All you need to do is send us an email at office at wapitinnewlife.org and um, send it to us and with your contact information, your name and your address, and we would love to send you this movie and uh, to say, we, we just want to bless you. We're not going to, it's free of charge. And so um, we got plenty of them, so go ahead, um, let us know. And just that's Wapiton, W-A-H-P-E-T-O-N. Now you can replay that part of the podcast a couple times to get it spelled right. It's Wapiton New Life, two N's, dot org. So W-H-P-E-T-O-N. See, I even had to think about it. New Life, dot org. Okay, and uh, just send us. Um, that's office at wapitinnewlife.org and send us your contact information and we'd love to send that out to you. So let us live in the new life. Let's go back to where we began. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you're saved, that's you. If you're saved, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is you. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. That means all that sin passed away. That's your past sins, your present sins, and your future sin. I'm glad God forgives us the way he forgives us. My word, as human beings, we hold grudges too long sometimes. But he's got it all covered. Our past, our present, and our future. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You are new in Christ. So live like it. Live like it. So today, on this resurrection day, on this Easter 2019, you just tell Satan to shut up and say you're a new creation. You, are, you belong to God. He sees you as this wonderful child. That's how God, you see, God the Father, that's how he sees you. When he looks at you, he looks at you through the eyes of Jesus. He sees you as wonderful. He sees you as all together. He sees you, and he's not wearing rose-colored glasses. He sees you as complete and whole. He sees you as he knows you are. But Jesus knows, the, Jesus when he looks at us, he sees us where we're at. And then he says to the Father, send him the Holy Spirit because they're not done yet. And the Father says, oh yes, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to them so he can finish the job and get them where I see them already. Isn't that awesome? The, the Godhead, three in one, working together to get us to where the Father already sees you as his beautiful daughter, his wonderful son, all complete in him. 
And the Holy Spirit comes to us with all of our spots and wrinkles and mess. And he goes, that's okay. I'm here to help you with it because I'm getting you where the Father sees you. And Jesus said, hey, remind him, I already finished it on the cross. I already carried that mess for him. And it's finished. And the Holy Spirit just says, just a little longer. And you're going to have the victory. Oh, let us live in the new life. Let us let Jesus have His way, His complete way in our lives. And let us listen to the Holy Spirit as He instructs us in our Christian living to get us caught up to where the Father already has us. Isn't that awesome? Did you ever think of it? That God the Father, when He looks at you, He already sees you where He wants you to be because He knows the beginning from the end? Wow. And Jesus did the work so we can get there? And the Holy Spirit's just getting us to catch up? Isn't that awesome? That's why God's time is not our time. Thank the Lord for that. Amen. Oh, come on, say amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we thank you for this beautiful Easter Sunday. We thank you, Lord, that we could be all together. I got to thank you again for the wonderful fellowship we had around the tables this morning. Oh, how much fun was that, Lord? And I want to thank you for this wonderful time in your spirit here today, Lord. Lord, touch your people, Lord Jesus. Let us walk in your newness, Lord. Let us let this reality sink into us, Lord. That we are alive because you are alive. And Lord, let us have that reality sink in that we are new creation, Lord. We are not what we used to be. And Lord, we are saved, sanctified. We have the Holy Spirit because of you, Jesus. Because of your cross. Because of your work there at the cross. And we thank you that you've washed us white as snow for our past sin, our present, and our future sin. That, Lord, by your, you're so gracious to us and merciful, and you love us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for completing your work in us. We praise you for it. In Jesus' precious name, and all God's children said, Amen.